Welcome to Elements of Community, a podcast about discovering and exploring the elements of community. I am Lucas Root, and each week we talk with a community leader about what makes their community thrive and bring value to both the leaders and the members. Join me as we unpack the magic of the elements of community. back to the show, everyone. I'm really excited to introduce you to Antoniette Rose. Antoniette, I have really enjoyed getting to know you over the last month, and I can't wait for whatever comes for us as we continue to go deeper. I love what you're doing, and I love why you're doing it. Why don't you tell the audience a little about yourself and a little about why I love it? Great. Thank you, Lucas. And thank you so much for having me on your show. It's an important and fun show that I enjoy following. I am Antoniette Rose, as Lucas said, and for years I was a producer of natural wellness events. One of the biggest was the Texas Natural Wellness Expo. So if you're in that space, you've probably heard of that. I was a founder and producer of that. But I have since pivoted and now I'm a speaker agent for well-being, health, and optimum performance speakers. Absolutely love it. It comes with a passion. I want every human being on this earth to know that they have options and that they can have decision-making power that makes a big difference in their health and well-being and lifestyle, quality of life. And that stems from a very early, very early experience with terminal cancer, the late stage kind that there was no hope for and then kind of brought in some integrative therapies into that process and not only am I alive but I'm walking I was told I wouldn't be walking I had a child was told I wouldn't be able to carry a child so I believe that there our bodies are very powerful and we don't realize the power of our own bodies so that's my passion behind what I do I, I love that wow I haven't heard that part of the story Thank you for sharing. You bet. The big C sucks. (laughs) It can, but to me, the most interesting thing is there, to me, this is me. I don't believe that there is such a thing as cancer. I believe that it's basically an imbalance in the body. Mm -hmm. It's different for everybody. Of course, it needs a label to give a medicine and protocol, right? And so I don't take it lightly. It damages and destroys a lot of people's lives, right? We're all touched by somebody that we love and care about who has battled something labeled, you know, the C word. But I also believe that when we take a whole body approach and we correct imbalances, that there's a lot of power in that. And every day you turn on a television, you you talk to your doctor, you know, whatever it is that you do, you get all of the information on different medications and different very invasive and oftentimes heavily damaging approaches to not only that, but diabetes, Crohn's disease, anything, right? Even depression. Whereas if we can institute the power and the miracle really that is our body's systems, there's just so much, so much science and research and testimonials, I'm one of them, about the power of that. And I know that's not the purpose of your show. The purpose of your show and our talk is all about purpose, right? And so it's really interesting that many people feel... Actually, if you're up for it, I'd like to take a little detour. Sure, you bet. Let's do it. <laughs> I have a theory about cancer. Okay. And I haven't shared this with anyone before, but your experience and the way that you're talking about it sort of brings it up and makes it relevant right here in this moment. Okay. And it is relevant to this show. So there are some things that we know about humanity. If you take people and you isolate them, they slowly over time become insane. I mean, truly insane. They lose their sanity. You actually have heard me talk about this from a different perspective. One of the things that we can learn from that, if you take people and isolate them and they slowly become insane, what we can learn from that is that not only can we co-create our reality, but rather we must. We must co-create our reality. Um, We require it. I require your input. 
to some degree, maybe very small, but non-zero. I require your input in order to continue to create the reality inside which I live. So we must co-create our reality. It's very cool. Now, I'm going to take that idea and set it aside. The idea that if we isolate a human, completely isolate them, they lose their sanity. Setting that aside, if you take some skin cells or actually any cell of your body and you take it out of your body and you put it into a Petri dish and you watch it, the cell will start to behave in ways that are insane. The way that that cell behaves will start to become something that would be non-sustainable inside your body, which is almost by definition what insanity would be at the cellular level. So all of a sudden we have a cell that we're studying in a petri dish all by itself just so that we can learn from it. And what we learn is that when it's sitting there in a petri dish, it's doing things that don't make sense inside the context of the collective body. So when we put those things together, a human isolated from their community becomes insane. A cell isolated from the body becomes insane. Even if it survives, and this is true for the human, this is also true for the cell, even if it survives for a while, it survives as something that's entirely different. It's not the human separated from the collective isn't really human anymore. They've become insane. There's something different. There's something new. And ironically, you could study them deeply at a hormonal level and they don't look like other humans inside a community. The same is true at the cell. Now, what does that suggest about the way disease happens inside our body and specifically the big C cancer? My theory is that when you spend time in the world telling yourselves mentally, co-created reality, telling yourselves that you don't want to be in community, your cells are going to start to believe you eventually and they're going to start to behave in an insane manner. Now we look at all these stories like the story of the secret. I hope people who are listening to me know what the story of the secret is. It's the first time it's come up on my show, but this has sort of become part of, you know, the culture of the Americas, right? We look at the story of the secret where they're actually talking about how powerful your brain is, how powerful your mindset is to be able to take you a step forward and maybe the only important step forward in curing diseases like cancer and talk about the stories that they shared. People decided to change their mindset. They decided to enter into happiness all the time with gratitude journals and comedy movies and culling their friendships so that they only have people that are lifting them up and all of a sudden the cancer went away. Could it be that mindset shift was reflected in the body the same way inside the body that you would see inside a community. I choose to give you, Antoniette, more love. And all of a sudden, the community around both of us is lifted up by me choosing to give you more love. I choose to tell my cells at a cellular level inside the community of Lucas that I want to be healthy, that I want to continue living, that I want us to work together. And the cells that are choosing to behave in an insane manner just make a different choice. They're like, oh, maybe I do want to be part of this community. Maybe I don't want to just do my own thing and be crazy. And all of a sudden the cancer just goes away. Mm -hmm. I think what you're describing is a whole body approach, right? It's not a localized, pinpointed thing. And I think Western medicine, especially, they don't take the whole body approach, whether it is to the C word or to even emotional struggles, whatever it might be in life. And even we can go as far as saying how we live our lives can, if we don't take that whole body approach, that it's not, I don't have a business life. I don't have a personal life. It's not segmented. It's all one. And if one's off kilter, the whole thing is off kilter, right? And you can't isolate yeah. one and just excel in business and think that your family and your other parts of your lives are going to thrive. So I guess it really goes back to that. And the same with communities. And I know that's a big part of your message. That's the core of your message. Is there can't be one part that doesn't affect another. 
And when it comes to our health and well-being, that's really my drive is that everybody knows that there's so many options out there. There's such a bigger picture than trying to laser point one little, like if my elbow hurts, it might be an issue in my right toe, right? Because something down there is off. So it's throwing something else off entirely different. If we just keep trying to fix my elbow and not look at the whole body as one unit, then it's going to wind up getting more surgeries, more medications, whatever, and it's never really going to help, right? And we see that over and over. We're trying to fix one localized problem, creates another problem, and then it just becomes, you know, where you're just saying your goodbyes. I think that's really true for every single part of your life. Like take a step back and look at how everything relates to the other. That's a huge part of what my work is all about, getting those voices out there saying, hey, have you considered this solution? and take a step back and look at all of the different options that we have available. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. The power of community, right? The power of the community inside the body and the power of the community that you're creating to amplify voices. Right. Yep. That's exactly it. And if you even look back in history at not only human communities, but even animal communities, right? Or medicine itself, right? Western mm -hmm. It's really Western communities and Western medicine are kind of isolated minded, right? What doesn't serve me, I'm going to cut off. Or even when it comes to an approach of maybe you have a tooth that's giving you trouble and they pull the tooth, well, then just the other yeah. teeth are going to have more trouble because first of all, you've pulled something that's very important to the whole ecosystem instead of figuring out ways to heal and repair that and then heal and repair the rest that goes with it but all of that to say that isolated approach to anything is going to create more problems when you look at the whole and i know holistic is thrown around but at its core the word holistic is not even it doesn't even mean alternative it means a bigger look at the bigger picture and then you approach it from the bigger picture down instead of from the micro issue up right does that make sense <laughs> yeah cool thank you uh, tell me about your community so i serve i'm a bespoke speaker agency and so actually in i do like bespoke <laughs> i do too yeah you definitely have first of all an ability to serve at a higher level but also an ability to receive and for the community itself to go give, right? At a higher level, because there's the space and the absence of noise mm. <laughs> in those kinds of environments. Mm -hmm. So we serve under 20 speakers at this point. And my team is at about that number two, because we serve at a very high level. And so what's really neat about the dynamics of watching my community as it grows is the cream of what everybody is may not even be on their resume, right? They may not even verbally say it, but it just rises. And the value of each person becomes even more astute, like even more prominent as the community gels and relaxes with each other and grows. And in that, I used to, when I built out my company, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna commission somebody who knows sizzle reels and bring them in every now and then and somebody who knows the you know these different aspects of what it takes to support a really successful speaking career mm -hmm. what i'm realizing is most of the time i have that and even better within my own community and i didn't know that going in so i think for me giving people the space to shine in the way that they shine right leaving mm. having a framework but leaving it loose enough where people have the room to really surprise you. Yeah. I love that. That's the best version of community right there. Like have people love what they do and then give them the freedom for that love to turn into excellence. Mm -hmm. Yep. Good for you. Now I want to take that and shout it from the mountain so that everybody hears it. <laughs> We'll do it together. We'll shop from the mountains together. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. <laughs> Amazing. And how did you get to the point where you recognize that people who love what they do will 
move into excellence if they have the freedom to display their love. It was organic. It just kind mm. of happened. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I'm like a lot of business owners. I take all the classes, hire all the mentors and all of the things. And what I was seeing the, a pattern in is the mentors that where I really grew the most and feel like I made real traction in my own direction were the ones who didn't tell me what to do, but drew it out of me. And maybe mm. that kind of example helped me as a leader of my own community, right? That I'm not going to make a rigid framework and you absolutely follow it to the T. But here's from my experience, what works best to make it big as a speaker, right? I give that, but we're not robots quite yet. <laughs> we still are very human and we are unexpected and that's part of our beauty. Right. So somebody with maybe a quirk that I would feel like, oh, I don't know how that's going to translate. Just let them go with it. And of course, I'm guiding. But you give people enough framework to feel safe and then surround them with support. Right. But then you just let them be them. And I do. I feel like I circled the mountain, circled the mountain for seven years trying to dance to other people's dances. This is the way it reaches. Right. So I dance to their dance. I'm like. I don't really like this music, but I'll just do it anyway, right? And then you dance to somebody else's dance. And when it was, Lucas, honestly, when it was when I just turned it all off and mm. said, what is my gut saying? Like, and it really took a mentor that we both know very well to help me trust that I already have what I need to succeed in a really big way. It's believing that it's already there and stepping into mm -hmm. it. And so no, seeing that, and then my career went whoosh right after seven years of circling the mountain. And so that was all the education I needed with regard to community. And that's how I run mine now. I just I give framework, give a lot of support, but I also show you how to be you out loud and on purpose. Because that's what, at the end of the day, people crave connection, whether it's a business, business relationship, it's still a relationship. If it's a personal relationship, it's still a relationship. If it's somebody at the grocery store, right, who's checking you out, that's still a relationship. How are you going to treat them? How do they treat you? And when we yeah. start seeing everything as separate entities and it doesn't really matter how we treat them, I think that's where we run into a lot of problems in our society, in our businesses, in our families, whatever it might be. Yeah. I love that. Out loud and on purpose. No. <laughs> that sounds almost like a tagline. Tell me more about that out loud and on purpose. So you know who you are as Lucas, right? And sometimes you'll subdue it. You'll kind of... I mean, I blend. think I do. <laughs> we're all evolving beings, which is also another beautiful thing. Yeah. But we know at the core, you know, where our values are, what things excite us, what doesn't excite us, you know, our ways that we like to communicate and connect with people. It's so often we'll just kind of temper that in whatever temper or kind of even maybe alter that in whatever settings that we're in. So my philosophy is figure out who you are. Like one of the first things that I do with any new client is we don't figure out who your avatar is until yeah. we figure out who you are. What is your archetype? Yeah. What is at your core, right? Let's figure out who you are. I see so many coaching. There's a coaching program on every corner anymore, and it's getting harder and harder to see the ones, to really recognize the ones that are really... Extraordinary. Extraordinary, right? They're really yeah. gonna help you reach that next level so that you can help your people, right? Reach the next level. Mm -hmm. And where that comes from is I can't be you. You can have a system that works for you, but if you're the type of mentor that helps me figure out me, right? And what's going to work for me and the vision of how I see myself serving my community. As you draw that out of me, then I become me. I'm not making apologies for myself anymore, right? I'm not hiding little parts of me or blending into the background. I'm like owning it, right? Yeah. I'm owning who I am, owning my process. And so it's me exaggerated but it's still me. It's a little louder, yeah. a little bigger, and I'm stepping into it. I guess I'm stepping into that space that maybe I kept safe. Does that, mm. am I communicating that very well? 
I mean, I get it. Okay. <laughs> so, the combination of a really deeply fulfilling relationship that you have with your coach, and the way that relationship opens you up to having a better relationship with yourself. Now you've taken ding, that. Ding, ding, ding. I mean, that was, I don't want to glance over that one. That was huge, Lucas. Yes. Your relationship and your enrollment into yourself is first and foremost. And there are not many programs out there that put you before the avatar, right? And it has to come first. Yeah. Now you've taken that and you've turned it back. So now you are building that relationship with your speakers and modeling through that relationship that they can have a deeper relationship with their self to be open in the safety of the love that they have for themselves and the love that they share with you. Absolutely. Can I give one quick example? Please do. <laughs> so one speaker that I've had the amazing privilege to speak into, right, to help further her career is Chinese. And she spent the early years of her life in China and she's, a, she's an amazing nutritionist. She's incredible nutritionist. America needs more of her, right? But she was always very, very self-conscious of her accent. It was a very thick accent. And she was always trying to hide it, always trying to Americanize in the way that she dressed and the way that she communicated. And once she realized that she was actually doing herself and her business a disservice by doing that and embraced her accent and embraced her culture, even in the way that she dressed and in her mm. background. Her background was very Americanized, right? Just put back the elements of if she was going to decorate that space just for herself, what would it look like? Her career took off because she embraced and then she was in tears. She said, I always, I was hiding. I didn't realize it. And once I was authentically who I am and unapologetically so, right, then the right people started just like Velcro connecting with me and her career has really taken off to a new level. Mm-hmm. Amazing. I love that. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. How would you like to talk a little bit about how leadership shows up in your community? I, think I, can, you, I can give more examples if you'd like. <laughs> well, I think you queued up a really interesting idea that by giving people the support and the belief in them and then the freedom to act out of love that excellence shows up. Mm -hmm. And that sounds like a version of leadership that I'm as you know, I'm a big proponent of, I call it fluid leadership. You wanna, you wanna dive into that a little more? Sure, so we've all stepped into rooms, whether they're virtual rooms or real rooms, where we can feel right away that we sit and listen or yeah. we interact, right? We either sit and listen and absorb what the master head, the master talking head is giving or we go and give, right? We give and receive, we give and receive. And I personally, and it doesn't matter what the environment is, I don't care if it's church, <laughs> if it's a conference, the speakers who succeed the most are the ones who have that collaborative experience, right? That interactive collaborative, so they're not a talking head. And so that's how I lead as well. I have agendas like frameworks of what we need to accomplish in any given setting, right? Mm -hmm. But there's breathing room, there's space, and it's expandable, contractible. And what I love about what you did with this talk is we kind of had an idea of the direction we wanted to go with the show, and you decided that you were expanding and contracting in that we're allowing the organic, the, the conversation to organically create itself. And in yeah. my sessions we call them SOS sessions our speaker they're called our speaker open sessions we have them once a week I always have an idea of what I'd like to bring to the table and a lot of times something much bigger rises to the top and that is just in a when you have a collaborative go give community and this is my favorite two lines like if you're not even sure how to make that happen if it's just kind of that awkward silence in your community whether it's with your team or with the community that you're building 
is I will ask these two questions and then the conversation just kind of explodes in a great way. What's going well and what could be going better, right? What can you celebrate and what can we talk about that Mm -hmm. we can troubleshoot together Mm -hmm. and share insights and ideas together? And in that, I get blown away from my own people. Right, I think I know them intimately, like more than they know themselves oftentimes. I write their bios, I build out their messaging, you know, all the things. And there's one lady in particular, if I can give this example. So I didn't, I don't generally Google my speakers before I bring them in and I'm very picky about who, because who you bring in your space, like you said, it's not isolated. It can permeate through the rest, right? So it's really important. Yeah to carefully choose who you bring into your community. And I go by my gut. Like I look at their credentials, obviously, but then I just go by my gut. And she was just a no-brainer. I'm bringing her in no matter what, right? And later we needed a headshot. And for whatever reason, the one that she provided us wasn't going to work. So my executive assistant Googled her and we're like, we have Marilyn Monroe. Like, So it was pretty incredible. She was one of the main stars of Carmen for a lot of years, if you're into theater plays, and just these black and whites of just this gorgeous woman, right, from the 60s, 70s, and all the things. And she never communicated those things with me. But I was just saying that there was so many layers of depth of value in her, even just when she would talk on the surface that the resume that she gave me, right, wasn't didn't even touch the surface of who she is and what she has to offer. And it's really giving her that space to be who she is. I've actually spotlighted her, had her run whole SOS sessions because she brings so much value and it it has really helped her blossom and own it. But she said, you know, I didn't even know that people would find those things valuable. She's an author of like seven books. Like she's got so many so much behind her that she didn't really realize it until she was in a space that embraced that, took value in what it is that she has to offer. And had I not given her that space, she might not still know that about herself, the depth of value that she brings and how she just shines, just given that little bit of room in a supportive atmosphere. So I hope that really kind of paints a picture. When you set the stage, can I use that pun? I'll tell you when you set the stage by allowing the framework and then, you know, giving some props and tools, some resources, microphone, whatever it might be, and then just letting them step into that spotlight and be who they are. Then as the light illuminates, if we're going to use this analogy, they're like, oh, I didn't realize I had all this going on, right? I didn't realize this value that I can bring. And that's really when you're enrolling yourself that's when you can enroll in other people. And I think too often we put the cart before the horse. We're enrolling in other people. We forget Mm -hmm. to enroll in ourselves. And I think that's probably one of the biggest beauties of my community is that we make sure that everyone owns who they are and we give them a valuable place at the round table, right? Amazing. For those of you who didn't really hear it, let's replay that message. It's important not to enroll in other people until you've enrolled in yourself. Yeah. Yeah, once you've enrolled in yourself, you're attracting the right fit connections, right? And then you're creating a community of the, and I don't even like right fit because it means it, the opposite of that would mean wrong fit. What I actually mean is perfect fit, right? Your perfect fit connections. And then those who might not be perfect, but they're still pretty darn good. They're also going to be in your community. And then those who don't fit, meaning They wouldn't be a great part of the collective for whatever reason, their values or mindset, whatever it might be, would create maybe friction or tension or stumbling blocks for other people within that community. They're just not going to be attracted to you when you're out loud. So I'll give you another really, really quick example. So there was the clubhouse days for anybody who jumped onto that wagon during that time. I was really big in those days and I still enjoy clubhouse for some things, but it's toned way down. And there was a holistic leader, I guess I'll call her in the community who I like clean language. I don't really like crass language, right? But she was even in her title, there was a 
crossword, right? And so you would know, oh, this is my people. I can just unleash and be myself, be rude, all the things. I didn't love it. I didn't even love the community. I loved her. And I definitely, there was a lot of great value that came out of that. But really once the buzz of of Clubhouse died down, I wasn't sticky to her because I didn't necessarily resonate with her approach. But I'll tell you what, she has an incredible business with people who are sticky to her, meaning they're like Velcro. They've found their person, they've found their community, and they will never leave her, right? People come for the product or service, but they stay for the community. And they can say the F-bombs, they can be rude, be crass, whatever, and they all feel at home there. I didn't so much, right? But I, even though I love the people, I love the overriding message of take yourself in your own effing hands, right? Basically is something that they would say, but yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't my place. And that was good. Like it was good to know that for her and for me, if she would have toned it down because she didn't want to offend anybody, she would have lost her real right people, right? Mm. Don't tone yourself down dial yourself up and then you get the real right people yeah that's awesome (laughs) thank you we've sort of danced around the word purpose a couple of times i'd like to invite you to talk about purpose a little bit (laughs) all right so business is hard life is hard right oh yeah what keeps you going when it's just S-U-C-K-S's, right? I'll use the crossword. When things just, you feel like you're hitting your head against the wall, like what's going to keep you going, Yeah. right? The core of why you're doing what you're doing is what's going to keep you going mm-hmm. in the hard times and the, what's going to make the celebration in the good times all the more sweet, right? All the more tasteful and vibrant because it's connected to a purpose. I don't want a payday. I want a purpose-driven payday. I want a payday that backs my personal life mission. And my personal life mission is that every single person is empowered with the -the out-of-the-box solutions. Like everything's on the table. They know what resources and solutions are out there for them for what they need to correct in their own lives, right? And right now, I feel like there's an unbalance and inequality of access to information outside of mainstream. So that's my passion and my purpose. And obviously it comes from a very specific story of my life. And every morning, I'll just share this really quickly. When I was diagnosed, I was sent to a children's hospital hundreds of miles away from my home. And so my mom was a single mom. So I was pretty much alone for a year straight and then a year on and off in a hospital ward, right? So that the children became my family. And I was the unlucky one. They were basically experimenting on me with alternative and integrative therapies that had not been done on a human before, only in lab rats, lab animals. And so I was the unfortunate, unlucky one, whereas the lucky children whose cancers were caught in time, they were the lucky ones receiving the quote unquote right treatments, right? Very quickly into the journey, I realized I didn't feel so unlucky. I may not have been walking. I was in a, had to lay flat for a good long time and then in a wheelchair and I didn't walk for almost two years, but at least my body didn't swell up like a balloon and I didn't have boils all over and lose my hair and couldn't eat because my gums hurt so badly and I wasn't moaning in pain at night. I was still recognizable. The kids would come in recognizable and very soon you couldn't even recognize them. And so very, very early on, I remember asking myself, why weren't their parents told maybe there was something else they could have tried first, like me, right? Before they went through this. And of course, in my young mind back then, I didn't realize there's no way they would experiment on children who you know, who were, their cancers were caught in time for maybe the mainstream therapies to work. I didn't know that in my young mind, but I remember thinking, this is wrong. Why weren't their parents told they had other options, right? And a lot of times the children would be taken out of my ward. And at the time, I didn't know why. Now I understand they were taken either to ICU and they didn't make it out of the hospital. 
at least not alive. And those were my people. That was my family. That's what helped me survive mm. during that time. So my purpose every morning I wake up is for their voices that didn't get to get heard, for their faces that didn't get to mature and grow and have their own children. And that's the purpose behind my work. So when things get hard, it's not as hard as what they went through. And it's not as hard as so many others are going through right now. So I don't have time to focus on myself or have a pity party, right? What I got to do is figure out a way to around it, over it, under it, through it, whatever. Just figure it out and keep going for the sake of my purpose. That's a powerful story. Thank you for sharing. So when you anchor what you do to something that's truly, not manufactured, but truly important to you, then there's no way you can't succeed. There's no way that you won't succeed. Yeah. What a statement. Figure out what's truly important to you. Then you can't be stopped. Right. One of the illustrations I use with my speakers, so often they'll build this illustrious career, right? And they build this thing and they get there and you build it. Basically, you're building a mansion, whether you're a pro athlete, an actress, a politician, executive level leader, or a speaker, even a well-known speaker. You build this elaborate mansion and you spend a good amount of your life at the peril of many relationships or you know, denying your self-care, whatever it might be, to get there. And then you get there and you're like, Oh, wait a minute. I was really banking on a mountain view. I really wasn't looking <laughs> forward to it, to an ocean view with the wind hitting me and the sand everywhere. I really wanted a mountain view. But how do you dis disassemble all of that and start from the beginning, right? We hit the ground running and we just do the thing. We never take the time to see what is it that I'm building. Let's decide what we want. What's that mansion I want to live in forevermore? I may want to add a wing redecorate, you know, once I'm there, but it needs to be the place that you, you actually do want to be and figure that out first. And then everything else is just reverse engineering and creating. And then you work from the ground up, you reverse engineer the big chunks, right? And then from the ground up, milestone, mar mile markers, milestones, mile markers, milestones. But then even then you're micro calibrating at each new milestone, because if you don't, you could veer off just a little and all of a sudden you've got you know, you're in a whole different nation than you wanted to really land in, right? So it's, first of all, identification, identifying, and that's knowing you. You can't identify that just by knowing who you want to serve. It's a whole ecosystem. Again, it's a holistic thing, right? You mm -hmm. know who you want to serve, how you want to serve them. And at the core of that is who the heck are you? What are your non-negotiables, right? What yeah. do you want in the end? And then you get those chunks going down and then you journey it going up and micro calibrate all the way up, check back in to the foundations, to the basics. Like, don't ever say, I've got this. I already know the thing. No, you don't because you're an evolving human being. Your audience is an evolving audience. Our, our society has an evolving mood, right? Things can happen in our world that affect everything. We all know that now there's not one person that doesn't know that on this planet by now. So. I guess the main, <laughs> the main message is don't be too rigid, but also be smart enough to architect, right? Know what you're building before you start building it. That's right. I love it. So I'm going to say that again, but differently. Okay, great. When you're building who you want to be tomorrow, you are building, whether you know it or not, you are building a vision. So in the words of the Antoniette Rose, you're building a vision anyway, it might as well be yours. Mm -hmm. Yeah, excellent Take synopsis. Take the time to know what you want your vision to be. You're building a vision anyway, it might as well be yours. Mm -hmm. Don't build somebody else's vision. Build your vision. Right, and in that, there are people praying for you. They're praying. They are at, awake at night praying for the solutions and the support that you alone bring. If you're hiding out, then shame on you. There are people needing, they need you. 
they don't need you to be perfect. They don't need you to get it all together first, right? They need you to know who you are, what you offer, and offer it imperfectly. And they'll help you build it, right? As long as you know at the crux, you know, the bigger picture, then don't, this is the biggest mistake, Lucas, that I see a lot of speakers make, right? And when they're trying to, they just don't know why they're not making it and speaking. It's because they build the perfect course, right? And they build the perfect website and they build the perfect everything. But they don't know, first of all, they don't know themselves and they don't really know their audience yet. It's all about Mm -hmm. collecting data, right? We think we know, but we really don't know. Even when you get married, like, you know enough where you know you want to commit to this person in this journey, but it's, you can be married for 50 years and you won't know the fullness of each other yet because we're evolving beings, we're living beings. And the same with your career and your community. And so I really encourage the whole aspect of definitely don't try to figure it out first, make everything perfect first and be in waiting mode until then. Like, okay, now it's all together. Now I'm going to launch because you're going to be, you're setting yourself up for huge disappointment because once that data, the data is going to come, whether you like it or not. Right. And so you're already into this rigid system that we spent a lot of time, money and life, you know, life energy on. And you realize, oh, I really thought they were going to need more help here, but they got that. They really need more help over here. We're getting a storm. It got really dark in here. Are we good? Should I turn a light on? (laughs) Okay. No, we're good. So I guess I'm losing my voice. So you go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. And that's still a version. I mean, so not only is it important for you to know what your vision is, because you're going to build a vision anyway, it might as well be yours, but you're suggesting while you're building, and you talked about this in terms of the micro course corrections. While you're building, touch in with your audience, touch in with your community, touch in with the people that are praying for the solutions that you bring so that you know what pieces of what you can bring to them are the things that they really need. You can bring all of this, but they really only need this part. Yeah, almost spot on. (laughs) First and foremost, touch in with yourself. Right. I thought I wanted this thing, but now, you know, I think I really don't love one-to-one consulting. I thought I would, you know, I I think I really don't. So let's see what we can do to bring in more teams, support more teams, do some of that. So I can do some of this other, you know, whatever Mm -hmm. it might be, you surprise yourself because new level, new person, right? New level, new ecosystem. As you evolve and your business evolves and your community evolves and your message evolves, you discover things that you cannot know what you don't know until you're there. So yeah. so many brilliant, amazing people who are needed out there are in that holding pattern, waiting for everything to align and be perfect. And they're not only doing themselves a disservice because time is precious and fleeting, but they're doing all the people that are lying awake at night, praying for them a huge disservice. I feel that. Yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. So thank you for the space. You have your vision. You're focused on building your vision and on checking in with the people in your community to make those micro course corrections in the shared experience between yourself and your community. Your community being the people that you're serving and the people you're going to serve. How is it that the purpose pulls all that together, not just in the next moment, but for all of the next moments. How does the purpose make it possible for the people that you're going to serve to find you and to stay with you until you're ready to actually serve them? Okay. Yeah. Really, really great. So when you start with purpose, right, that gives you the stick-to-itiveness, the drive during the hard times to not quit, right? Then the tenacity. So that part. But it also, with purpose, comes a lot of clarity, a tremendous amount of clarity. And when you care about the difference you're going to make, there's a lot of great things any one of us can do, but it really takes away what doesn't belong. So we can water ourselves down really quickly. I mean, you are a multi-talented man. You can be doing any number of amazing things in this world, right? 
you decided to hone in on community. And I suspect that has a lot to do with something personal, very personal within you that's important to you. And it made it very clear what now if somebody, you know, maybe comes with another angle, if it doesn't really fit into your ecosystem, your core ecosystem, that's very easy to see. If I'm going to take that on, it's going to be run by a different team. Can I afford the team? Because my energy needs to be here, right? Mm. And so it makes very, very clear who you are, what you offer, and the difference that you're going to make in not only your own clients, but the world at large. And so I guess it gives you the power to say no without apologies. That's probably the strongest thing I can say is we want to be everything to everyone. And when we realize there's more power in polarizing, there's a lot of power in polarizing. When you get that, you understand, and you can't get that without knowing what your purpose is. Because if you know that you're fulfilling your purpose, all the other great things you could be doing, it doesn't matter. That's not your core, right? <clears throat> and so you're polarizing those who aren't necessarily needing that core thing that you bring to the table. Mm-hmm. Which is okay. I don't need everyone to need my core thing. It, right? it would be weird if I did. <laughs> not only is it okay, it's necessary for you to be effective, truly effective in a sustainable long-term way it's necessary. So I guess it's really important for us to know it's okay to not please everyone. You know, it's okay to not be liked, like good. Mm -hmm. That means if there's sections of people not liking you, right. Or then you're on the right track because if everybody likes you, you're not being effective. Honestly, no effective person is not in a target zone, <laughs> right? If you start feeling some pings on your back of people you know, who are behind you trying to take little pieces out of you, that means awesome. First of all, I'm out front, obviously, so I'm having some effectiveness if I'm getting their attention. And the ones who care about what I care about and they're resonating with me and I'm making a difference with, they're going nowhere. They're stuck like glue right? They're stuck like Velcro as stick with the same analogy. I think that if for those who are a follower of Seth Godin or the purple cow, you know, that whole concept, Mm -hmm. it's once you can understand that fitting in is ineffective, you don't want to be like shocking for the sake of being shocking. You just, you figure out who you are and you live that large and loud without apologies and those who are meant on purpose. Those who are meant for that journey are going on it with you and the rest, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's okay. And really that's an indicator of whether or not you're successful or not. Is there are there enough people who don't like you? If there's not, mm-hmm. get to work and get more people to not like you. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Uh, I like to wrap up my interviews with three questions. The first question is, for all of the people that have been as deeply inspired by you as I have over the last month, and particularly in the last 51 minutes, Uh what's the one best way that they can reach you? Probably, I have a website. It's wellnessproductions, with an S, co.com, wellnessproductions.co.com. And there's a contact form on there. So speakers, there's a contact form for speakers and one for producers. If you would like to be on, I have a speaker directory that's no cost to the speakers, but they have to be interviewed by me and qualify to be on there. You just click on that contact form and you can reach me. And it does come directly to my executive assistant who we're very close every single day. So I will get your message through my website. Wellnessproductionsco.com. Awesome. Reach out if you want to be on her speaker directory. You will have to apply. Reach out if you are trying to change the world, especially in wellness. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Thank you, Antonia. All right. My second question. This is my curveball, my doozy. Uh (laughs) I love it. It actually was asked of me just yesterday. And I was like, oh, there it is. (laughs) If there was any one question, Antonia, that you wish I had asked you 
but I have not, what would it be? Mm. Am I happy? Yeah. Ooh. Oh, yeah, that's the one. In fact, honestly, that's a question we should be asking everyone in our lives that are at least a modicum of importance to us. Antonia, are you happy? I am ecstatically happy. Deeply, deeply happy. Because I know that that the work that I do, what I wake up for every morning, is work I really love and care about and also affords me the time to be with my over a dozen grandchildren <laughs> when I want to be with my grandchildren and travel and do all the other things that I want to do. Yes, I can't. Even on the hard days at the core, I'm happy. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Partly because you're out loud and on purpose. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Thank you, Antonia. Do you have any closing words? Thank you for this space, Lucas. This has just been so comfortable and you've really drawn drawn things out of me that, you know, a typical show hasn't. So you've had a real ability to do that. So thank you for that and continue doing your work and showing people the power and the importance of community. Because I definitely echo that that's really where it begins not just joining a community for the sake of being belonging but knowing yourself enough to know where what, you know what spaces can you not only contribute to but receive from right because without the giving and the receiving then really you just have a thing that's not organic not living not breathing but a community is a living breathing alive thing and the fact that you have devoted You've got some very impressive credentials. You could have devoted yourself in any number of areas, but at your level of insights and intelligence, really, that you've honed in, that the core of what you want to devote your, the core of your purpose to is community, it means a lot. And I hope that your listeners really understand that it's not a word, it's actually an entity in a way. (laughs) like a thing that lives and breathes and grows and evolves. So I think that's all. That's it for me. Those are lovely words. I really appreciate you. Yeah, well, thank you for having me. And ask me back anytime. I'd be honored. Thanks for joining us this week on Elements of Community. Make sure to visit our website, elementsofcommunity.us, where you can subscribe to the show in iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or via RSS, so you'll never miss a show. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes. Or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would help us out too. Be sure to tune in next week for our next episode.